everyone, and welcome back to the monthly video game briefing, the MVGB podcast, where we cover the news from the game world for occasional gamers. Maybe you're interested in games, but you're not like super into games, but you want to keep informed of what's happening there. Well, we're here for you. And by we, I mean me, Patrick Beja, and the definitely not hibernating Scott Johnson from Salt Lake City, Utah. How's it going? What? Who? Where? Oh, oh, hi. It's here. It's me. It's I'm here. It's a uh, it's a beautiful morning. And uh, what is it there? Night. It's night for you. For me, and, it's almost uh, night. It's 5 p.m. The sun is gone. It's been gone for oh. hours. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're uh, we're here. We're excited. It's the new year. Uh, we're bringing you the, the hot new 2019 business. Yo, and I'm I'm thrilled to be here, Patrick. Oh, wow. That you're really trying to appeal to the to the youngins there. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about the big games that we're expecting that we're anticipating uh, for 2019. We're not going to go over all of them because there's a million. But uh, we're going to talk about a few that we are uh, uh, excited to see come th- this year. We we are also going to be talking about whether or not we're going to be seeing new consoles announced or maybe released in 2019. That's going to be speculation, obviously. And then we're going to be talking about the big business news from the past uh, week. Bungie, the famed developer, splitting with Activision, the infamous uh, publisher. Or maybe it's a little bit more subtle than that. And we're going to be talking about that. But first... First, let's talk about our most anticipated games of 2019. And you know what, Scott? I think you should start because your titles I've almost never heard about. Well, one of them I've never heard about. But they're on the more indie side for two of them. Yeah, and they're also specific, very genre-based um, games. And I and this so this speaks a little bit to my current obsession, which is uh, I really like space games at the moment. And I'm very interested in everything from 4X sort of strategy, turn-based, space-based things, uh, all the way to, you know, just visceral sort of combat things. And anytime something pops up on Steam or any of the other digital stores, um, I get excited to see if it's a if, if it's a space game. So keep that in mind that i am kind of got this little obsession right now, and I don't know why. Uh, so that's going on. And as a result, the two... Uh, games that pop out to me first that I'm most uh, excited about are actually probably pretty soon here. They're they're actually on the horizon. In particular, uh, a, a little game that was originally kickstarted uh, that is supposed to be out in what they say is quarter one. Um, but Steam keeps saying, "Hey, it's on its way. It's coming up. It's like number one on the coming out soon list and stuff." So it keeps it makes me think they're talking about January. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being hopeful. But the game's called Between the Stars, and it's a uh, uh, a small game, but uh, visually and sort of uh, production-wise, feels bigger than itself. It's very beautiful uh, sort of space game. And uh, the way that game works, you've heard terms like roguelike on this show before. Games where you uh, you know you play a bunch, and if you die, uh, you kind of lose everything. But you you start over with a few extra things that you didn't have before because you earned them while you were out running the last time. Uh, that's being applied here. What's interesting about it is you basically create your own Captain Kirk every time or whoever, whatever your captain type is, and you take your ship out on missions, and those missions are completely randomized and procedurally generated, and it'll say, oh, you got to rescue this uh, freighter from an attack, uh, or there's pirates in the in the mining belt. They're stealing all the ore, uh, and you go do these missions, and as you do those missions, you get loot, and in a very Diablo-like fashion, 
that loot is randomized and um you know, in varying quality and that sort of thing. And then you can also buy upgrades and those carry over game to game. That's kind of it in a nutshell, but because it's set in space, I'm automatically kind of all in on that sort of thing. And it's, they have a demo out right now. You can actually play a prologue of this, which is the other thing I should mention if you're interested in it. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think one of the issues of space games, which you're right, it looks really good. It looks very beautiful. And that's kind of, I don't want to say easy to do for these games, but the amount of things you have to render, there's sort of the majis- majestic, uh, majestic aspect of space, which kind of takes you a little bit more easily than uh, other types, more realistic, not more realistic, but more graphic types of graphics and mm-hmm. i think one of the issues of these games is often the fact that it's so expensive uh, with an a not with an e that it's kind of a, a, a little bit intimidating but the idea of a roguelike where you explore a little bit you die and you start again make the um game sessions a little bit shorter and a little bit more approachable so i think that might be a, a really positive uh take on that uh uh kind of game so i'm curious to check it out and i i think i'm going to download the, the the demo as soon as we're done you should try the prologue and tell me what you think i mean it's 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 also kind of funny at points um i won't say it's the best dialogue on the planet that i've ever heard it's 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 okay uh but the loop of the gameplay is what's really hooked me and it's 100 right. in on this thing so very excited about that then the other one which i was already excited about before i heard about between the stars and still remain very excited about and currently is set to launch only or to be a launch title uh, i assume it'll make it to other platforms but it will launch with the new epic store uh, they're taking advantage of uh that and the game is called rebel galaxy outlaw and rebel galaxy is a game that came out in 2015 made up of a bunch of ex-devs who worked in uh on with runic games who were famous for the torchlight series before that many of the members of this team worked on diablo uh at blizzard um so this long history of sort of quality games under their belt and understanding things like uh procedural generation loot and that sort of stuff uh this game includes a lot of that as well but the first Rebel Galaxy was a big favorite of mine. Um, it is very much like, you know, sort of your freelancer, wing commander style, trade, annihilate, kill, uh, smuggle kind of game in space. Yeah, so it's kind the- of, for, for people who don't know what freelancer is, you're essentially a uh, a rogue, out semi-outlaw character, and you go on an adventure in space. And the, the appeal of yeah. it is, again... This idea that you have all of space to uh, uh, explore, travel through, and and uh, fight in, and that's a, almost a genre of game in itself. Yes, it's very much. So. I, w- I would say it is absolutely a subgenre, if, if not a full genre at this point. But um, it, it's a you know it's a, it's like a microcosm of kind of what Star Citizen. If people have heard of that, it's what they're aiming for on a much grander scale. Uh, this is this is sort of one of those now. The big thing that jumped out about the first one in 2015 was that it had this awesome soundtrack that was kind of like this hillbilly 70s hard southern rock kind of thing. And it really gave you the vibe that you were sort of living your own Firefly adventure or maybe you were Han Solo in this game. Like you were kind of up to no good, but so was everybody else. <laughs> the, the entire galaxy sort of full of uh, awful people and aliens and stuff and and it was a really great time. Um, it had its issues, but I really enjoyed it. And this is the follow-up to that, 
Uh, big, big changes coming to that game, and it looks awesome, and I'm super stoked about uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. And again, it's coming to the to the uh, Epic Store first, and one would assume after some timed period they'll also show it'll show up in other stores. But uh, they're they're taking a a uh, card out of the deck that others have done try to maximize their profitability at launch and it's a relatively high profile game in the indie space people know you know what rebel galaxy is for the most part mm-hmm. and so i think yeah. it'll do well there and that 84 percent split thing will really, really benefit them uh, much in the way it's another game hades I downloaded the other day hades is cool by the way have you played hades yeah hades yeah i cool. played it it's it's really good uh, it's yeah. it's essentially I can't remember who coined that formula, but it's uh, essentially dead cells uh, in isometric view. Which yeah, it, is, it very much is, and I don't have a problem with any of that. Plus, Super Giant mm-hmm. Games makes beautiful games, and they're it's really incredible. But anyway, I, I'm I'm starting to get behind this idea of 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 that Epic Store being the place where I might find some of these gems, and I'm hoping that uh, Rebel yeah. Galaxy is one of them. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to talk about the Epic Store too much, um, but it's certainly poised. Maybe we'll do a, a more in-depth discussion about it in a future episode, but the, the revenue split alone and the fact that it's appearing on Android in 2019, which is a fact I think most people missed uh, when it was announced uh, in December, is set to change uh, the entire space, the entire industry of gaming app stores and that's an interesting conversation in itself but we'll leave that yeah. for another time um yeah and then my, my third one is the uh is anthem and i know this is one of your picks as well uh so perhaps this can sort of just lead into why you're excited about it as well but um you know anthem coming from ea ea hasn't given us a big hit in a while uh this is the uh, bioware team or whatever's left of them building what everyone hopes to be sort of a destiny killer uh type game it's been out in some closed beta and reviews from friends of mine who have played it who aren't supposed to talk about it but who've said things anyway it seems like we're sort of somewhere between i'm not sure and maybe this is cool uh there's a lot more uh the the loot focus appears to be more diablo like and i keep bringing that up because that's my favorite way to do loot um, so that's exciting to me and probably enough for me to to poke my head in. But of all the AAA titles this year, that's the one that's jumping out to me the most. Um, I'm just there's not too many others I'm as excited about. So, uh, Patrick, you're pretty stoked about Anthem, right? I am. Um, it's it's a, a very big budget game, very different from the other two you mentioned, as you said. Um, it, I mean, EA has had plenty of hits uh it's it's just maybe not taking over the world as some of the previous games they've done have um but anthem is a is a game that is heavily inspired by destiny which is one of my favorite games from the past few years one of the favorite series and uh it's essentially the the their take on a game as a service um which means the game is uh, starts with probably a semi single player campaign and then you can keep playing it for forever and there are always things to do and always stuff uh, to enjoy with your friends uh it's a you know i usually play those games solo but it's certainly very possible and encouraged to play it with other people and even when you play solo you interact with other people uh, all the time and 
this is uh, Bioware's take on that genre. It is also set in space. So I think essentially what we've learned from today's episode is that you like space, Scott. Um, I love space. <laughs> More space, please. I love it. If my favorite developer or favorite uh, company of all time, Blizzard Entertainment, would make a proper uh, space game, do it in the... Uh, the StarCraft universe or something, I would be beside myself. That's how much I love it. So yes, more space all year, Maybe. please. And, and they have a cool gimmick uh, with Anthem, which is you essentially enter uh, suits of armor that have different characteristics, but they're kind of like Iron Man armors from uh, Marvel. And, and oh. that, that fantasy seems to be pretty well realized in that game. And then you shoot enemies and aliens and stuff, which is very common in those games. Um, and it looks like it could be uh, the, the reports, we don't, I mean, we don't quite know yet. We have been burned before with uh, uh, gigantic games like those. Um, so it's not certain that it's going to be good, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, it's, yeah. so, it's also should be noted that BioWare has a history in single-player content, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do a good job uh, at that in this game, which is so heavily multiplayer focused. But I, I'm also curious to see how they twi- uh, uh, um, implement that aspect of the game in, in a multiplayer focused game. And so it's a uh, game as a service. So if you get into it, you're going to play it for a long time. And uh, that's also interesting uh, to see how they keep developing the game. So it's definitely yeah, one, one big, of the... One big, a lot of people say, well, what's the big, huge difference between this and Destiny? And I would say that making the comparisons right now are not probably fair until we've seen the entirety of the game and know more about it. But also, sure. I would say one fundamental difference is... Uh, if you prefer first person shooters over third person shooters, this is this is a third person shooter. Like right. this is a behind the back sort of probably better played with a controller, maybe. I don't know. That and maybe it's just fine with keyboard and mouse on PC, but uh this is a different perspective than you would get from say Destiny as as one just one simple difference between the games. Yeah, absolutely. And and it looks like it's a very well put together game. So um it's it's something that is going to speak to people who enjoy games as a service, such as Destiny, I guess. Um, the, the second game on my list is another big... I guess we're very space-focused and, and themed today, I didn't realize. But uh, Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order is the second game on my list. And it's kind of a... I don't want to say a gamble because it's not quite that, but we really don't know anything about that game. So I'm kind of putting faith in the developer and the the, the IP more than the game itself. Um, it's a big AAA game based on, of course, the Star Wars universe uh, developed by Respawn Entertainment, which is the developer of um, Titanfall and the criminally underrated Titanfall 2 single player uh, campaign it was oh, so really good, good. Yeah. and and um, of course they are developers who came from uh, Infinity Ward uh, many of them departed that uh, developer when there was a clash with Activision for various reasons and they didn't get quite the traction they hoped for with uh, Titanfall so they started making other things and this is one of those. Now, it's slated for the end of the year, probably to coincide with the release of the last movie in the latest trilogy of the Star Wars uh, movies. But it might very well miss it. So I'm, uh, we haven't heard anything about it. I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more at um, E3 
hopefully with a release date that will be in 2019, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was delayed a little bit. But um, yeah, I, we really don't know anything about that game, so it's kind of a, well, I hope it's going to be cool, but who knows? Yeah. We know the developers, we know they're good at stuff. That's about it. We don't yeah, know much yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, the, last, the last yeah. game on my list is also a big, uh, kind of big franchise. It's a Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 um, which is, again, a loot Diablo-like game, at least the, the first two were, and it's exclusive on Switch. So I don't know how much resources and energy they're going to be putting into this game if it's exclusive on the Switch platform, which is very big, but um, not as big as they put, as if they had the game on all platforms. Um, but it's still a game that I'm excited about, mostly because I love looter games like Diablo and I love the Marvel Universe so it's kind of everything that I love into and I love my Switch so everything that I love into uh, uh, one uh, package and we don't have a release date for it but I'm curious to see and you know the fantasy of playing all of those different superheroes with that setup of a, a top-down view uh, uh, action game it's completely adapted to that kind of um, uh, uh, you know, character fantasy. So I'm curious to see how it works out. Yeah, I, I'm also excited about that one. I guess there's a lot of questions about because there isn't there some other console version of this game, but it's a different developer and they've been working on it forever. And then this suddenly got announced and it's a separate so, developer. It's not the same game or something. And it's a little confusing. Yeah, it's not exactly that. Um, we've heard for a while that uh, Square Enix is working on an Avengers game that is not probably going to be only on on big consoles not on the switch which is more technically limited um and so that's the one we haven't really heard about uh, officially but it's a different game and it's not the same you know it's not a different version of the same game it's a probably very likely a completely different game um than this one yeah i i have no idea but i i, I mean it is exciting if they if it's if it's adherent to what those old games were we're we're in for a treat if not we're maybe in for some trouble i don't know <laughs> we'll see um and we're we're not mentioning some of the games that don't have a 2019 release uh, date for which we're possibly more excited about so we'll talk about those when they have a release date i yeah. do want to by the way i'd like to just point out that patrick mentioned two of his games were space games also we're all yes, in the yes, space right absolutely yeah. we're all about the space Uh, And uh, we're also about the mobile space. Well, maybe not quite, but it's interesting to note that in 2019, we're seeing um, another, I think what what is another uh, attempt by developers, by by established traditional developers, PC game developers and console game developers to attack the mobile space. Um, I think the first time was 2016 when Nintendo released Mario Run which was a little bit underwhelming for, uh, well, for everyone, but mostly for traditional gamers. Um, But even though the mobile space is very healthy, we haven't quite seen games that uh, attract uh, PC and console gamers that, that that seduce them into using uh, their mobile platforms for gaming. It's still very much segregated between mobile-only gamers and traditional-only gamers, core gamers. And, um, and there are, you know, very active gamers in both sides, but usually the crossover, at least from the uh, snobbish PC and console game gamers, um, isn't 
very common. And this year, we're going to see probably, also we don't have dates maybe for some of them, but we're going to see Mario Kart Tour, so another attempt by Nintendo to conquer the mobile space. Uh, they've done so with other games, but they're more um, things like uh, Fire Emblem, which are more akin to traditional uh, mobile games with loot boxes and stuff like that. Um, but we're also seeing Bethesda get, try its hand with Elder Scrolls Blade, which is seems to be an adaptation of what the Elder, Elder Scrolls games are on uh, PC to the mobile platform. And Diablo Immortal has also been announced uh, to some to the chagrin of some gamers, but it's still a Diablo experience on mobile. We're, we recently saw the announcement of a new Alien game, uh, which seems to be an adaptation of Alien Isolation, a very uh, highly regarded game. Um, from a couple of years ago. And we also have uh, Hearthstone developer Leeds who left Blizzard uh, to work on their own company who have announced they are working on a Marvel game, which is probably going to be a mobile game because Tencent, or is it NetEase, uh, invested in the company NetEase. and they are all about uh, mobile games. So it's likely they're going to be mobile games. So yeah, it's I think NetEase because it was fun watching the Blizzard faithful freak out that NetEase had anything to do with Diablo, but then we're super stoked about them being involved in the in the second dinner project, which is super weird, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're working on it. And I bet it's a card so, yeah. game, by the way. Just gonna say it now. It's totally going to be a card game. It's not. It's not a big stretch to uh, think that it's probably going to be a card game. Yes, I, I'd be curious to see what they could do with something else than a card game. But I guess it's probably going to be a card game, uh, at least for their first project. But so yeah, I think we might get the answer to the question: Can big uh, core developers? offer a, a gaming experience on on mobile that is interesting to core gamers uh, right now if you ask any core gamer they will poo poo mobile platforms but maybe the, the question is will they be able to uh, change that tune or not and the question hasn't really been answered yet we've seen a lot of different games on mobile but not a lot of games from big developers that approach it as games for core gamers and we'll see if that happens this year i think but, yeah we should mention that um, elder scrolls legends was supposed to be out already we should be we should be like two months into that game but uh you mean blade delayed it. or blade sorry sorry yeah blade yeah so they the fact that they delayed it was kind of a bummer at the time because i actually think that looks really promising and i think maybe of all the ones you've mentioned maybe the most crossoverable for gamers uh, we'll see. Mm. I mean, I have, I have high expectations for that game. We'll see. All right. So I have a question for you, Scott. Um, All right. Do you think new consoles will be announced or even released? Notice the high pitch in my voice. Uh, it, yeah, noting uh, uh, drama in the question uh, in 2019. <laughs> do you think they'll be announced or released in 2019? Um. Wow. Well, I, first of all, I really appreciate the voice inflection lesson. I, I wasn't quite Thank sure you. where Thank you were going you. with that, but I liked it. Um, so maybe let uh, me set the stage uh, okay. before you answer. Um, all right. The, the, the current generation of consoles is reaching the end of its cycle. They've been out for six years now, if you count 2019. And usually six or seven years is about the time when uh, new consoles are announced so it's not unreasonable to expect that they would be announced this year it's a little bit early but yeah what do you think it's a little early but also we're in a weird pattern of um you know the the pros and the x the x just came out the pro is what a year and a half old two years now whatever it is um on the playstation side so there's it's, it's a little bit weirder than usual uh however 
I think that the iron is hot and needs to be struck. And the question is, who's going to be first to strike it? I have a sneaking suspicion that with Sony's absence from E3 this year, because they're not there, remember, they bow, they've bowed out. They're not going. I think that Microsoft might pull an early announcement or at least a major tease uh, of what's next for them. And that I realize that's, I don't know. I, you know what? I'll go ahead and just make the, I'll just make the, the, the prediction that they are going to, they're going to announce whatever's next for Xbox. I think they're going to do that. They're not going to show a lot. It'll be real basic. It'll be a, a lot of sort of general hype about it. It'll be the following year that they really show things off, but I'll bet you Microsoft announces it this year and takes advantage of Sony's absence at E3. So there's definitely a, a possibility of that happening. Um, the thing is, there is a huge unbalance in the force, uh, no, in the uh, situation of console manufacturers between Sony and Microsoft. Microsoft is at a severe disadvantage in install base, and uh, I think it would be very beneficial for them to move things along as quickly as possible. Um, and you're right possibly to announce the console. I think there's like a, a 5% chance that it would even release this year because, and yeah, 5% is not a lot, but the reason being <laughs> Sony is very comfortable with its in-sole base. They, are, they want this generation to last as long as possible. And if Microsoft shoots early um, with a, a winning concept, they could kickstart the next generation and kind of um, leave Sony, not in the dust, but kind of make everything happen, uh, uh, make everything happen now and and Sony having to react uh, next year. Because if, again, it's not very likely, but if the console comes out this year, I think everyone is ready for a new console. Um it's it's a possibility. So the yes. adoption on that new console without the competition from Sony could be quite high. Um, but very and, much so. And it could be it could be a, the kind of thing. I mean, I I would be shocked if they announced and released in the in the yes, same. Yes, I year. would be as well. To be fair, yes. But the uh, announcement I think is is well, they announced they were working on it last year. So I think the only thing that's left is to give us more details. So I think it's kind of almost certain. Yeah, and it does put Sony in a, in a funny position because it isn't it, it won't chip away at Sony's lead for this generation, but what it will do is just slow the flow for them. Like if people know, ooh, Microsoft's really on their ball. Look at this new thing they're talking about. This comes out next year. I'm not buying a bunch of Sony stuff till then. Like that that could happen and that could be a real effect. And it also, I don't know, gives Microsoft a three sixty style window this time where they could be early and being early could be a really strong Year, you know, that could be a good generation choice for them. It was for the 360. It could be again and putting Sony kind of on the back foot going, oh, crap. Well, mm -hmm. all right, milk just for as long as we can and we'll come out a year later and we'll be too expensive. Like they may be up facing another PS3 problem, which, you know, evened out in the end, but in yeah, the start I, I don't think they're going to make, I mean, Sony does have uh, some strengths there. I don't think they're going to make the PS3 problem and make it way too expensive again. Um, yeah. they, they do have uh, 90 plus million uh, install base already on the PlayStation 4. Uh, they're certainly going to reach 100 million. So it's kind of a gigantic su success no matter what. And their install base is, is really big. They still have a number of 
big, big exclusive games coming to the PS4, which we might also see on the next console. Uh, that's a whole different conversation there with uh, backwards compatibility, with it, which is kind of obligatory now. But um, so just part of what you're going to do. But I, I yeah. also do think that Nintendo has a revision to the Switch out. I think it'll be basically Switch 2.0. It'll be like the DS. Uh, when they when the DS Lite came out, uh, it'll be a refinement of the format, uh, cleaner, tighter design, you know, brighter screen. Like there'll be all the the usual improvements. I doubt there'll be much in the way of faster processors. That's usually a weird way of splitting your player base. So I don't think they'd do that unless they can save money. I think it'll happen though. I think this will yeah, be the year that's we get very it. possible. Very possible. I mean, it was rumored to happen. We know, we know. We have heard rumors they're working on it, uh, and they've been working on it for a while. But the Switch is so successful, they didn't need to release it. Um, It wouldn't be surprising at all if it came out. And if there were different versions, like the Switch Portable only or the Switch Home only, um, which isn't a Switch anymore because you can't switch it, but... Right. All right, so we'll see. But so our our common prediction is at least the announcement of the next Xbox at E3. Right, I, I think that's happening. All right, I we'll would be see. shocked if something didn't. At the very least, a big fat tease video, something, and at the very most, them saying it's the it's called the Xbox blah, and it's coming out blah. Like they may even go that far, but not in the same year. I don't think that happened. Yeah, I think they they do have a problem with the name, having called the previous one the Xbox One. But I really hope they don't call it Xbox Blah. That seems yeah, or yeah, or two would be dumb too. But also, uh, they would do real. I think everybody would do well to release whatever it is they're releasing in 2020 because that's just a cool sounding year. 2020 is cool. That's true. Well, that's that's what everyone's expecting. I think the the common wisdom is uh, the Xbox Blah and the PS Blah will be uh, released in 2020. Um, yeah, and we'll see. And we didn't even touch on the game streaming service that Microsoft has announced, and uh, that could be a whole other conversation. But we are mm-hmm. going to be talking about Bungie and Activision parting ways, which shook the industry when it was announced a few days ago. Um, so this is really big news. the The partnership was um, significant in that Bungie historic developer of the Halo franchise that has gone to uh, Microsoft when Bungie decided to finally uh, do something different. Um, And they partnered with Activision for publishing and had all of the uh, power, the marketing power of Activision behind them um, when they released the game in 2013, 2014. They had a roadmap of a new... uh, Title every year, one being an expansion and alternating with an uh, entirely new game. So we should have had uh, Destiny, Destiny expansion, Destiny 2, Destiny 2 expansion, Destiny 3, Destiny 3 expansion, etc., etc. Things didn't go as planned for many different reasons. Uh, The success of Destiny 1 was... uh, more significant than the success of Destiny 2 where people had been burned. Ironically, now uh, in the second or third year of Destiny 2, the game is at the best it's ever been for gamers, 
but the performance, the financial performance was still disappointing for Activision. And a few days ago, it was announced that Bungie and Activision were ending their partnership early um, and that Bungie was keeping the property of uh, the Destiny IP and franchise, which is unexpected because uh, it seems the partnership meant the the franchise was split. Uh, the ownership was split between the two. I'm guessing Activision is getting a lot of money out of the deal. At the very least, they're getting the fact that they don't need to pay uh, the remainder of uh, the, the money they had to pay Bungie as per the contract. Um, but we don't quite know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, it, the, the Many gamers are quick to point the finger at Activision because of the tensions that have existed between the two companies. Uh, I think there's probably um, uh, uh, at least part of it that is uh, warranted. Activision is a huge company that uh, requires huge revenue and uh, Destiny hasn't lived up to those expectations. And so I'm guessing Des uh, Activision did meddle in uh, Bungie's affairs a little bit too much. Uh, apparently, maybe not in satisfactory ways. But um, yeah, Bungie is now free to do things. What do you think about that split? Is it good, bad, uh, puzzling? What do you think? Uh, I think it makes sense and I think it's fine and I don't have a problem with any of it. Um, I think that they, the, the fact that they were able to find an exit plan that worked for the contract and, uh, you know, makes everybody go their separate ways and <clears throat> that everybody's going to be okay in the, in the long run is, is a good thing. I think my biggest, uh, the biggest fallout from this has been blizzard fans being unable to see this as a separate thing. Uh, they, they see this as yet another nail in the coffin of the blizzard Activision partnership slash merger. And that this is just another sign that all is not well in the house of thrall and the house of call of duty. And that, and that, that giant, you know, splits are emerging. And if, if ben, Bungie can do this, and then it's, some people started asking, well, Bungie can do this, then why can't Blizzard do this? Why can't they separate? And, you know, I had to spend a lot of time on Twitter trying to explain to people the difference between a contract between a publisher and a developer and a merger of companies. <laughs> like, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. So anyway, uh, just given our position and, and what we cover out there, uh, you and I and others, uh, it, it's been, a, I think, a lot louder for us than it has been for others um as as to the health and future of destiny and for those listening to this going man destiny's still interesting to me i wonder if i should get in now or or whatever um uh, yeah i think the game's better than it's ever been right now and that and so now would be a good time to be playing destiny but i also find myself incredibly curious about what a bungee controlled 100 percent across the board destiny looks like um, and the fact that they had to keep the name means that's what they intend to do. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of all over the place on this, but I think generally speaking, it's it's a it's a fine move for everybody involved, especially Bungie. And as a gamer, I'm very curious about what they're going to do. And once again, for the five thousandth time, no, you will not see Blizzard. <laughs> and Blizzard's not going to a couple of weeks from now go. We've announced our split, our amicable split from uh, Activision. It's not going to happen. Well, especially, I mean, just to touch on that, uh, Activision Blizzard is the controlling company of Activision Publishing and 
Blizzard Entertainment. So yes. there's a, a, an overarching company that owns both entities, um, and that is headed by Bobby Kotick. And uh, and so Acti- Blizzard is is fully owned by Activision Blizzard. So it's not like Bungie, which had a contract with Activision Publishing. It's a completely separate uh, scenario. So, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. I'm very curious as well to see what will happen to Destiny, to that franchise. Um, Destiny 3, I I talked about the issues that the franchise had when Destiny 2 burnt players uh, one too many times, even though it ended up being a really good game in the end now with the expansion. Um, But I think... And I was wondering, you know, how will players uh, uh, try it again, even though they've been burned too many times? I think that will do it. I think the fact that Activision is not involved anymore will get some people to think, oh, well, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot better, so I'll go check it out now that, it, now that it's the uh, Activision-free uh, version of Destiny. I think m- maybe some of it, as we said, will have... Um, an influence on that i think also bungie who is not blameless in the failings of destiny however excellent the game ended up being uh, and i love it to to bits it's one of my favorite games of the past 10 years um they're not blame free but they've also learned a lot so they won't have the meddling of activision and they have learned from their mistakes so i think destiny 3 could be something really interesting uh whenever it ends up coming and I also think that uh, the shadow of the Epic Game Store looms large over that title and that uh, people at Epic are calling frantically people at Bungie and telling them, hey, why don't you, why don't you come up over to uh, the Epic Game Store? We could, we could do yeah. something for Destiny 3. And- something like not only will you get the awesome split, uh, which is in your favor, but we'll also give you a bunch of upfront money. To come over here, like I, I think that they Possibly. would absolutely be all over that business, and they should uh, if they're smart. And whether or not it's smart to do it, I don't know. But it, you know, if Epic wants mm. to really make some noise, that's how you do it: is you get yeah. the next Activision free Destiny experience exclusively on your store. That would be huge. Uh, for the, for the be- record, though, if you have if you have it on PC already, uh, that you continue to have it there on the Blizzard launcher. Uh, one would say, one would think in perpetuity, but I, I don't know what the, you know, the end result of that is. Blizzard came out and said, "Yeah, it's still there, and we'll maintain it, and it's all good, and don't worry about it." But I don't know if that means indefinitely. So, yeah, I we'll think see. at the very least, if they did uh, stop supporting it, uh, it would be with an arrangement with Bungie to shift it to another platform, another uh, store. Um, but yeah, so. The other thing is, of course, Bungie is going to have to become a publisher, uh, uh, self-published games, which is not easy. Uh, but of course, it's easier now than it was five or ten years ago. And and they're not going to have the power of Activision. And I mentioned the marketing earlier. That is very significant. But on the other hand, that work has kind of already been done and everyone knows about Destiny. Um, so they are going to benefit from the, the fact that the franchise has become well-known in part thanks to the uh, work of Activision on the marketing side. Uh, And the last thing I wanted to mention is that, again, uh, Bungie has received, I think six months ago, a significant investment from NetEase, Hmm. again, uh, to to work on their next game. And we don't know what that game is, but uh, they got something like 
I can't remember exactly. I think it was a hundred million dollars or something ridiculous like that. Um, and and so again, we're seeing if you're not you know noticing, we're seeing a trend uh, happening there of uh, essentially NetEase and and Tencent in some cases, but uh, Chinese gaming companies that do many other things investing in uh, uh, Western companies to develop uh, properties. And uh, again, NetEase is pretty much everywhere. So. Yeah, I don't want to, between NetEase and Tencent, I mean, I don't want to freak anybody out or get all xenophobic here or anything, but if you've seen Firefly, we're we're going. We're, in, we're getting in there. <laughs> Possibly, yes. Well, they are, uh, I, I think by the last count, there are uh, 15 billion Chinese people on, on Earth. So, you know, that, that tracks. Wow, 15 billion. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think I think those numbers are accurate. Uh, feel free yeah, to yeah. to let us know if you have different numbers, but uh, 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 I, I'm pretty I have a pretty high confidence in in my uh, sources. So, uh, and that's that's it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you might want to do so via Twitter and uh, tell Scott about the the actual number of Chinese people living on the planet. Uh, where would people do that? I mean, Twitter or other shows. Let us know. Well, real simple for me, Scott Johnson on Twitter, and uh, happy to talk about these and other issues uh, in and around uh, gaming, especially what's coming up in 2019. I'm very excited about the new year. <clears throat> At the same time, I feel like it has a lot to live up to. We've had a run of multiple years of just incredible game uh, releases in the last few years, and 2019 feels sparser to me. For some reason, I'm probably wrong. And at the end of it, we'll go, oh, what a great year in gaming this was. Because we always seem to and it doesn't seem to ever go down. But I'm very curious about this year. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Some very high notes coming, but possibly a little bit of dearth. And and, and I don't know yeah, what that will look like. I don't think it's going to be as spectacular as 2017 or 2018 were, but I would, at this point, I would put it around the 2016 mark, which was pretty high already. Uh, and we mentioned only a handful of games, but there are many that are uh, really interesting as well. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I would put it in the 2016 mark, which was very, very good. Uh, one of the best games uh, years in gaming. It's just that the following two years were so exceptional that it's kind of hard to live up to that. Yeah, I think we're just living in a, a time of continued embarrassment of riches, and it, uh, so, so it's nitpicky to even say it might be a slower year because it's still bigger than any other, you know, a comparable year in my in my lifetime. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. A lot of small games I'm excited about. Big games that are exciting. Like it's a it's a great time to be gaming, Patrick. Maybe some of the people listening who are just sort of casually going, yeah, I kind of poke in once in a while. I don't know, man. This is a good time to throw all in. You know, just <laughs> if you let can. your whole life be taken over by it, go for it. And you know what? If you do want to go for it, you might want to listen to Pixels, which is a show I do about gaming where we talk a lot more uh, about uh, all of the, the games we're playing, the what's happening in the industry. Uh, I know Scott also has Boop, which uh, does that as well. So you can go check those out and uh, search for Pixels or Boop. Or but pixels first. I think we would yeah, all agree that right around E three time, well, we we combine our powers. Uh, That's like true. That's true. Yeah, do a lot of coverage. Looking together, forward so. to that this year as well. Um, and yeah, so pixels on your podcast app, you can check that out, uh, and you can check me out at Not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so you can have uh, pictures of my snowy uh, fields around the house and uh, and other things as well. And uh, we will be back in another in. 
a few weeks, we were a little bit late for this episode, but we'll be back in a few weeks for the February episode of the monthly video game briefing. And of course, Daily Tech News Show. If you don't listen to that, uh, what are you doing? Just go subscribe to the Daily Tech News Show, which this show is an offshoot of. So go do that. And we'll be back in a few weeks with another monthly video game briefing. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.